Welcome back to the Scarcity Podcast. This is your host, Mike, and this is my co-host, Scott. How are you doing today, buddy? Good. You doing? Yeah, better, better than the, uh, the the hero of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, today, we are beginning our birthday month, which means that each of us are picking one film that the other hasn't seen and one that is one that is our, one of our favorites. Uh, and today is my, the first day is my day. My day, I picked the movie The Collector from 2009. Uh, a lot of people might know the writer and director, writer and co, no, co-writer and director, uh, Marcus Dunstan, who was responsible for. I think it's, it might be like Saw, Saw Four, Saw Four, Five, and Six, maybe. I don't. I don't remember. He, he's responsible for a couple of the Saw movies, at least directing wise. You or, can tell. No, he directed. He directed six. I think he helped write four, five, and six. Um, and he was also going to do a Halloween film. That that uh, that's the script that almost got made, which is Halloween Returns, which was going around for a long time. Um, but that didn't happen. But yeah, uh, this is a more lesser known film. Uh, as far as the not in the horror community, it's it's a cult favorite for a lot of people. But most people probably would say that they haven't heard of the collector or seen the collector, and it's a it's an independent. Would you call this a slasher movie? In a way, like in an essence, maybe in like the two thousands, I feel like it fits the slasher type tendencies because slasher is different per decade. Like the nineties, slashers have very metatextual commentary to them, and they have a different way of setting up kills. And in yeah. the two thousands. I would kind of siphon most of it to being remakes, so it's not like a whole defining trait for slashers in the 2000s, so I can see you saying it's a slasher for this film. Yeah, I'm trying to think of non-big franchise or remake slashers from the 2000s that, like, mattered. I can't... I'd have a hard time naming just a non-remake slasher in the 2000s. Like, there's so many. Most of the 2000s is just remakes in general, but, like, slashers especially... Yeah, this is. It, I mean, it's it's at the end of the 2000s. It's going into the 2010s, but um, yeah, it, it's it's definitely not like any of the other slashers of that day. Just because, again, it's it is its own thing. Although it began as something else, it was originally supposed to be surprise, surprise, a prequel to Saw. Uh, but the writers looked at their script and said, "No, this could be its own thing. We should just do it as our own thing." I'm glad they did that. I, I would not want this to be the origin of Jigsaw. It's weird. But, yeah, I, I I really love this movie. And I mean really love this movie. And I know... Okay. You're not so much. So, I'd like to hear uh, your, your thoughts. Well, I want to start off by saying... I am not one... I Out of the two of us, I'm not the one who's vocal about saying they hate torture porn. That's you. You say I hate torture porn. I hate shit like that. It's not. It's not for you. Yes. I'm, I'm not saying it's for me. I don't tend to like gravitate towards that type of filmmaking, and especially for horror films. I'm not gonna say like, oh yeah, you know, it's lesser horror cinema. But like, I just it's not in my wheelhouse. Yeah. So when I watched this, to me it was very jarring because I'm like, I know Mike fucking hates torture porn shit. Like. A lot of this film is falling into that. And I want to say, like, I don't like this movie. Like, I, I, I'm not a fan of it. But it's a well-made movie. I think the main guy is fantastic, and I really like him. That doesn't mean I like the movie. 
Like, Very fair. There's there's so many reasons to say that like I can understand people can like really get into it or think like I have fun with it and like for the 2000s especially like it's kind of like a diamond in the rough. But for me, there's way too much rough to get that diamond out of there, and I, I have a lot of things that are minor gripes or just annoyances or just things that just push me out of being invested in the film. So, would is one of the big points of contention for this movie for you the level of violence? No. Or, or not? I shouldn't say level of violence. The the context of the violence, or at least the the specific acts that are being performed. No, I mean, like, not a lot of these kills happen. Like, you're not being shown a lot of it. I, I can think of. I know how the the shitty douchebag guy dies. I know how the one of the daughters dies. Mm-hmm. I, like, you see those things happen. I mean, you hear the screaming of the wife. You don't really see her see it happen you don't see the husband die you know a lot of these things you aren't being seen but it, you know what happens I don't think it's the violence so much as like the filmmaking around it I don't think there's a whole plethora of enjoyment to me a lot of the 2000s grainy style of the cinematography takes me out of it the like the filmic color of it I just find kind of gross. And I will say this film is going for that aesthetic. It wants that aesthetic, and I understand that. I just don't like that aesthetic. So it's not like, hey, this film sucks for that. I just feel like I I don't like this stuff. And that's not even just this film. A lot of 2000s horror films especially do that shit. Or just even 2000 films. Like, uh, like fucking Ryan Reynolds Buried has, like, the same type of, like filmic color to it where everything feels like super grainy and like weird saturation issues and yeah. it, it kind of makes it tough for me to feel like hey this is fun to watch yeah I'm not going to lie when I started the film and particularly when I got to the opening credits I hate the music I love the opening credits and I love the music for it but I from the visuals themselves I'm like oh no I think I picked the, I think I picked the movie that's, that's gonna annoy Scott <laughs> visually yeah um, I love the way that this movie looks uh, I love the way I, I like the way that it's colored because it really just leads into this uh, this seedy nightmarish vision of, of the collector and, and his world and how everything in this world pretty much is dangerous especially if if it's not daylight because uh, the daylight scenes are they have this this kind of calming warm quality to them that is very very stark against the rest of the film and I think that that I, I like the way that that kind of just makes an impact and also like um, the way that it endears you to all the characters but um, I particularly like a lot of the, the, the cinematography within the house Especially showing, you know, the bird's eye view of Arkin and the Collector out, like, you know, outwitting each other, the cat and mouse game that they play there. I think it's a well-edited film, especially in those kinds of sequences where the Collector is tearing through the house looking for Arkin and, you know, the the daughter, the little girl. Uh, I I find all that and the way it's edited to give it this relentless pace that just doesn't stop after a certain point because I think at, once he gets to the house it's pretty much supposed to be real time because he only has like an Until hour and a half or so, and not even an hour and a half an hour left yeah 
yeah so it just it doesn't stop it keeps going and even when they give you a second to breathe it's never safe uh, I just like the relentless quality of the film and the reason why I do enjoy this and I you're right I do bitch and complain about torture porn a lot I think the reason why this doesn't bother me so much is because there's a decent amount of especially some of the what would be more upsetting deaths like the family like the the, the, the father and, and the wife you don't see it happen um, they show you the aftermath especially with the husband which is grotesque but you don't see it happen so it doesn't bother me too much it's not too in your face in that regard there are some of the deaths that are are pretty rough you know like the the, the douchebag boyfriend that gets bear trapped in the skull um, they do they show you they have but they take care to show you uh, sh- certain makeup effects that they that they were pr- apparently proud of I, I can't believe it I, I mean I, I I get it I get being proud of them especially considering this is an independent film you know it had, it had for this era a pretty low budget of like I think like I think it had like a three million dollar budget um, and they accomplished a lot with that so like the scenes of like the the daughter against the movie, uh, screen with a nail through her fucking eyeball and all that stuff. Like they, they take care to show you a lot of gruesome stuff, but I never really feel like it's uh, gratuitous in the way that like the later saw films can be or hostile can be from the, some of the scenes from hostile I've seen. Uh, it's not, it's not super duper crazy in your face. It does get kind of silly yeah. because the, the traps are oddly specific. <laughs> a lot of them are, are very specific. Well, my biggest thing is that a lot of the times when they have these traps, it seems like they aren't there sometimes. Like, the way they go around look at the room, it's like, alright, so I'm to assume this trap was freshly set up now because I know we were looking at the ceiling before and I didn't see any knives in the chandelier, so is he just fucking super fast and just did that? Or is... Is it just supposed no. to be like it's always been there and like there's a just... there's a shot when Arkin enters the house where there's a chandelier on the ground and they do show you that there's knives on the chandelier but it's not set up on the ceiling yet. Yeah, yeah, but there's a, a lot of traps where like yeah. they go through the they go through a room and it's not booby trapped, and then later in the film it looks like that room is not booby trapped, and it's like how the fuck did he do that? Like, did he just do that? Is he just a fucking has the Junisequa of murder traps? There's, there's a lot of people, they don't give you answers. Specifically, one of the things I liked about the movie is that they don't really give you any answers as far as the collector himself is concerned. Do you think this is supposed to be realistic? That's the thing. Um, so, I mean, you like, specifically. Like, do, do you think, I think they're going for a realistic vibe, and do you get that? I think they're going for heightened reality, but there's a lot of... It's like Halloween. I just keep going back to Halloween. Uh there's nothing really saying that the collector is a human being, especially in the manner in which he acts, his glowing eyes. Um, and again, like some of the way that sometimes it seems like supernaturally traps up here, but also at the same time, there's arguments on the other side of the equation where the reason why he doesn't hit any of these traps. And I don't, I don't know how much I buy into this reasoning, uh, but He's when he comes into the house, he is in the zone, his his I guess whatever you want to call it, thief zone, and he's just hyper aware of everything. And I'm not saying that he's hyper aware of it as in he sees it and goes over it because I think he'd probably have a, a couple questions if he saw them. 
but he's just moving around and not paying attention to it and just getting lucky. Mm-hmm. A lot of the rooms with the more significant traps, he doesn't go through. Stuff like even like the the one with the piano wire that's stretched up across where he walks across and cuts his cheek. He didn't go through that room. Um, and I also think that a good reason why he didn't hit m- many of the traps is because a lot of the places he goes through are places that the collector himself has to walk through. And he leaves himself a path that he can traverse the house without hitting his own traps. Just happens to be that it goes to the same place that he's going. Because I, I love that you do bring up Halloween because I was going to bring up things like Halloween and Friday where I don't consider it reality. Like... You say, is Michael Myers human, or, or is fucking, like... Loomis always says he's, like, he's a personification of evil himself. Yeah. Like, the boogeyman. He's, he's not fucking human to me. When I look at Michael Myers, it's like... You can't conceive him being a human because of the things that happen in the film. That's yes. cool. I don't want to know what the fuck he is, but I know he's not human. So yeah. I'm, I have a lot of credence to say, this isn't supposed to be real. Just leave it alone. Same yeah. with Friday. It's like... This kid drowned, and he came back as, like, like a fucking giant monstrosity fucking human being with deformities. That's not a a human being. Like, that's a fucking roided-out hillbilly monster. Yeah. With the Collector, I always felt like they're trying to put this in more of a sense of reality. So, when he's doing shit, and, like, he's getting his ass fucking beat, it's like... Dude, that guy looks like he's 5'5 five, five and 150 pounds. Like, he would fucking shatter. And, like, if it is supposed to be reality, I don't know how the guy is getting the fuck back up a lot of the times. Especially with the end booby trap where it's like, oh, those knives clearly fall on him and make some fucking serious damage. You see him wiggle out of it, I'm like, yeah, I don't care if you wiggle out of it. Like, you have internal injuries, man. You aren't fucking going anywhere. Then... The end comes, and like I really don't like the ending. I love I, it. I'm not saying you need a happy ending, but it no, just—it just seems so fucking contrived. Where it's like a gets the big fucking truck, crashes into an ambulance, knocks it over, cuts him out, puts him in a box. It's like I don't know. That seems so fucking two thousands. Like if it had an all out, and, and that's another thing. Like this movie, I'm glad we watched Hush. Really glad, because. I'm starting to feel like a lot of these Home Invader films are just films that are like horror films and then the last third becomes like a fucking action brawl. Because it seems like that happens a lot of the time because it makes sense. You want your hero to feel like he can kick some ass or she can kick some ass or they can kick some ass. Or like they've been getting shit on this entire film. It's time to fucking give it back. And then it becomes like a big brawl out and everyone's beating the shit out of each other and it's like, yeah, fuck him up fuck him up and that's cool but like in this one I'm just like a lot of the shit feels super 2000s whereas Hush I never felt like was super defined by its uh its era or its decade when I'm watching it I'm saying oh this is some stylistic shit but this is still good and like I want to see her fuck this guy up but in this one I- I'm sitting here like man this just this just feels so fucking 2000s with the way it's edited with the way it's shot this fucking character is just so fucking weird and I, I just I'm not having as much of a good time I want to see the hero get out of here though like I fucking like him I this guy the entire time I'm, I'm watching this movie like <laughs> I'm pausing the movie sometimes because I'm like how long is this because this feels long and like I'm getting a little worried for this guy I like him. 
<laughs> like, I, like, we got 30 minutes left? Because if it's 30 minutes left, then, like, I, I don't, he's not getting out of here anytime soon. What the fuck's gonna happen? So, I'm, I'm invested. I'm fucking invested in this guy. I want to see him go, I want to see him rob this place and get his kid back. I want to see him get that little girl out of there. That's good. That movie's doing its job. But with the, the collector, they want it to be a series. You could tell with the way it's like, oh, this could be, like, an icon. I don't want to see him come back. Like, I really wanted this guy to fucking die. And you could say that's a good sign of a film, saying, like, we made this thing despicable. But it's not like a, a Michael Myers where it's like, a, I, I'm entranced by this character, but I want to see him get his just desserts at the end. I, I don't really like the design of him. I don't like the weird, eccentric, almost, like, spectrum qualities that they give him where it feels almost a little distasteful. Like, the way he veers at the girl when she's naked like I don't know there's something about it that I feel like doesn't sit well with me and I feel like it's kind of digging on something I didn't I didn't read it like that I read it as you know a lot of people talk about serial killers and how a lot of their um, their crimes are sexually charged and I think that that was just leaning into that I didn't read it like he has any kind of a, a handicap or anything I don't know maybe you, you could be right I just it just was it felt very off for me and yeah don't like him yeah i i, love, I like I mean, the I... traps i think it's cool i like the setup i thought it was gonna be something like a revenge plot like he's going around just killing people that are like almost like saw so when the family ends up being like because they show the, the the mother is vain but you know in the movie she just wants her daughter to be okay yeah pretty good swerve you know i didn't expect her to be a good person so I, I like that so this family you you grow to like them even though they're fucking nearly half dead by the time you see them the father's very worried about the daughter and his wife you know he wants to make sure everyone gets out okay he, he fucking gives a bonus to the, the the main character he seems like a well enough guy so yeah. you, you like the characters and that's why the first two deaths I feel like are impactful it would be more impactful if we saw the father die, but it still hurts enough because we know he's a good guy. The yeah. mother, the mother too. Jill's death and the boyfriend's, I can't say, though, because it feels like cannon fodder. After the first two deaths are emotional, it feels like people are just coming in there to die. And, like, that was kind of annoying. I, when I saw the douchebag with the soul patch, I was like, I can't wait for this motherfucker to die. Like, I'll do it myself. But yeah. <laughs> they I'll come in. Their 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 death sequence, I'll say, definitely leans into the tropes of of slasher movies. It, it's it's almost in like that it's, decade too. It's filling it's filling a uh, it's like Quota. checking off a card. Yeah. Um, granted, I mean, like, yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely it's there so that they could say, hey, we have nudity in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, S- still, mid two thousand nine. You know, it's very sexually driven. A lot of shit is sexually driven in the movie. You go to yeah. a fucking strip club for no reason besides that's where the bad guy lurks because it's a strip club. Well, it it it, le- it leans into that whole you know this this entire world that we're we're going into is just it's dirty, yeah, it's dirty. Um, but actually, circling back to uh, the the state of reality of the movie, whether or not this is real or not, I think it's kind of interesting because of the way the film is lit deliberately. It really does feel like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say this is of the quality of that, but it feels almost Argento esque at times. And I'm not saying that it is anywhere close to the fucking quality of, our, of an Argento film, but it definitely feels like the lighting 
reflects the mind state and also the atmosphere, um, the, yeah. the level of reality of the of the of the world. So I can definitely see, and I'm kind of leaning on the side of this is supposed to be a nightmare realm where it's just nothing but bad. Um, yeah, and that actually makes things even more interesting to me about the movie especially makes me more interested in the collector because it feels like he's almost this kind of reaper who's pretty much the inverse of our hero even visually they're both wearing they both enter the house wearing black balaclavas with three holes they both visually have a similar silhouette when they enter the house i hate the stupid fucking get mask though like i i think it's there's something 2000s it feels very sexually driven. Like his design feels yeah. very sexually fetishized, and you you could tell with the way he looks, his mannerisms, and if they're going for that, that's fine. But like it's, it's eerie, it's creepy. It's supposed to be. It is. Yeah. It's not. I can't say like there's some weird sex shit in the movie. Minus one star. Like. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. I I didn't I didn't even personally make a connection between his mask and uh kind of like a gimpy suit yeah i mean i get it yeah that makes sense um that's that's why i find the scene with well i don't know if you know this but the girl is played by the the young girl from uh the nanny like the little girl i was trying to figure out where i've seen yeah her. i'm watching i'm like is that the fucking daughter from the nanny <laughs> yeah i was trying to figure out where i saw her from i looked up like yeah like because obviously i've seen the movie before but yeah like I've seen a shit ton of more movies since I've seen this movie for for the first time, and I, I played this back, and I'm like, why does she look so fucking familiar? Yeah. Um, that's yeah, why when I, he's watching her, and he's got the fucking uh, get mask, and he's like moving. It, on, make, it like, makes it more uncomfortable for and, you. That's why I feel like it's like, I don't know. Like he's very like sexually driven in the act, but it seems like he's very much doesn't like. I don't know. This is very iffy to me. I don't, I don't like it. But, like, that's something that happens in a lot of those types of films at that decade. Yeah, for me, that, that doesn't... Um, to me, the whole... His get-up, especially with the way that it kind of... It, it brings you to his eyes. It, it really it maximizes those glowing eyes, which is another otherworldly quality to the, to the collector. At least like a dog when you take a photo at night. Yeah. It, 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 it's, again, like, it, it's... It makes sense, too, in the context of, like, he's hunting people and... You know, he's, he's going after people like a dog. He uses a dog. Um, Fucking... You want to talk about two scenes in the movie that you... Actually, I, I'm going to start saying something about the movie that I don't like. Okay? Because we just we brought up the dog. Um, I can handle pretty much any level of violence in movies. I, it doesn't... It, I, I mean, I, won't, I may or may not like it, but I can handle it. The things that I don't usually like is animal death. Yeah. Um, and gratefully for the dog, at least for the dog's death, it's not super duper clear. Like, you know, something happened, yeah. but you don't see it in great detail. The one that bothered me the most was the cat. Uh, uh, it was, it was just one of those things where it's just like, did we really need to? It, cause, it's cause they've set up that the cat, the girl likes the cat and all that stuff at the beginning. And she's like, I don't really, did we really need to see that? Especially to that level of detail, because it was pretty fucking graphic. They ripped the cat's skin off and then he gets his fucking head chopped off. Yeah, it's that. That to me, of of all the things, violence-wise in the movie, 
I can stomach all of it. Yeah. That that annoyed me that that was in the movie. That didn't have to be there. And, and it's very stark compared to the dog. And, like, I'll say this much. You're going to kill a dog in a movie, I'm not going to like it. But if there's any way to make me okay with it, you have the dog chasing a small child. <laughs> yeah, And you're kind of was... like, I don't want to kill a dog, but, like, I don't want to see a child die. Yeah, it's like... And I... If the dog is associated to that fucking gimpy pervert, I kind of don't mind if this dog kind of isn't around here. <laughs> yeah, I don't like seeing a dog die. I can stomach that more. Yeah. Because of the context of the situation. But god damn it, that that cat really just it just it's one of those things where it's like it's there it's just to be there. In like acid beforehand yeah. too. It's just be there. That's my problem with it. it. It's not something that the only thing that it does is is to show the the trap window that Arkin was going to. That's it. That's all it was. It served to be there for. But even if you wanted to still kill the cat for some reason, you don't need to show it. Yeah, also it, you it, don't have to put him in the fucking acid and have him ripped off the acid with the skin melted into the floor. Yeah, take the, you can take the acid out of the equation completely. You, like The thing is, if you want to be real and remove that death entirely and just have Arkin be smart and think, probably another fucking trap he takes one of the books and throws it out the window. Boom. That's what I would have thought, personally. Um, the other thing that one of the other things that I will I'll, I will hit on. I think I I texted you about it because it bothered me. Um, is a certain sequence re- uh, regarding certain language. Oh, really? That was the, the teeth thing because you texted me about that. No, because I I thought you told me at one point like teeth stuff bothers you. No. No, I know eye stuff bothers me. Teeth stuff. Does teeth stuff bother me? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I, I don't I, like. I don't like needles. <laughs> needles ah, bother yeah. me. You know, like I if I, I see someone like pop out like a fucking vein here, and they're like, "Hey, dude, we're gonna." Where, 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 where's a fucking vein in here? Come on, what we got here, buddy? Um, I'm fucking. I'm inept. Yeah. So you get like a vein right here, and I see someone putting a needle in it. Fucking excuse me, because I had to get my blood drawn a lot as a kid because my mom yeah. did fucking drugs. So when I when I had to think about all the memories of getting blood drawn at a young age, it's like, hey, no, please. Yeah, I'm I I have problem with eye trauma. Yeah. So that's that's more so that's my my tough one. But I, I don't know why I thought for some reason that like you don't like it when things happen to people's teeth, but. Yeah, I, I thought that that was it. Really, it just you kind of know what happens. You you knew what happened. The sound effect is really effective. Yeah. Um, but no, the scene. Where, I mean, it's it's the same scene. What he calls the the collector. Yeah, I hated that. It, it's that, so unnecessary. It's it's one of those things where I because I I did a little a little review of it on Letterboxd. So I'm like, it just comes across as too edgy for you. Like it's just it just seems like it's just like oh it's the 2000s this is uh, this is a badass thing to say to another person let me call him the other f word and a bitch and then put the, st- the two together in the next sentence this, which this was super cringy like as time goes on we are starting to evaluate humor in a different way in a different manner we we talk about as a joke is it funny is it easy how do we why do we laugh about it you can't a hundred percent. Er- eradicate homophobic slurs and your joke can be funny you can do different mm-hmm. things you can attack the way the fucking person you, like literally why didn't you just call him like a fucking sexed up weird gimp pervert or just some a bunch of other shit the dude's got a fucking collector he's got a fucking black mask with a big mouth hole like do so many weird things you want to go for like 
don't just make fun of them and compare them to like that shit's it's, dumb. it's just it's just like in in the 2000s we just had a fascination in movies tv stuff like that with just referring to people in, in with a homophobic slur and that's just oh, like yeah. uber diss and, and like, like let's talk about like monster squad where they the kids are, are dropping shit like that let's be real kids are pieces of shit they don't yeah. know better if yeah. I if I'm talking to a ten year old and he wants to make fun of me, he's like, "You're fucking gay." It's like, okay, he thinks he just fucking served me something fresh, but yeah. they don't understand that. Like, a this kid is a grown has ass to learn man. that that's not cool and it's homophobic. Yeah, but this is a grown ass man. That's the thing. And, and it's like I, all like, these characters do this shit in the 2000s. It's super yeah. fucking bad. It, and it's like I don't blame obviously like I don't blame the actor. Obviously, he has to no, say it's a line. line. Um, but. It's the writer. Like, look, guys, that wasn't even supposed to be funny. Like, it's not supposed to be like, he's, it's not like, hey, haha, I called him the other F word, bro. It's really funny, right? No, it's supposed to be badass. That's and it thing. is the furthest thing from badass. It is the exact opposite of badass. It's like, oh, look how strong our hero is. He's taunting the collector, which is fine. Taunting the collector is fine. Using that kind of language, it's like I don't usually get all up in arms about stuff like this. It's just it, it just comes across as just like unnecessary. It's just stupid. There's so many like easy targets too that like call them gimpy, it, bro. I don't yeah, like, 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 like there's so many easy targets where it's like okay, like it's not super creative, but it's like look at shit like even Predator, like when um Jesse Ventura says like limp dick f word, it's like call him limp dick. Just do shit like that. Just call him small penis. Yeah, it's every fucking joke we've all heard before but like you know I don't think That's the small penis brigade is going to be saying I happen to have a cock that is two and a half inches and I am insulted by this line no one like yeah like I, I'm not usually one to get all up in arms about things that, that like but it's needless like yeah that's the shit it's, like it's, if I if it's a fucking stupid joke like in Bill and Ted where they the they, the two best friends hug and they go ho ho and they they call each other gay it's like they're stupid teenagers and they're being stupid whatever I'm not saying I like it but like it's a lot more passe than like literally bullying the the dude that's enchaining you and goading him by saying some shit it's like because it's like trying to say what's the meanest thing I can say to this person to get his attention that's what he's trying to do. Yeah. And that's, if that's the fucking meanest thing, that's kind of fucked up, dude. Yeah. And like, I, in another it, situation, I could get behind him saying, like, I am just going to say the worst. It's like um, American Werewolf in London, when he's yeah. just trying to say the worst thing to the cop that he possibly can. Yeah. Like, in that situation, like, it's still not okay, but I, I can kind of put that aside. Yeah. But he also said that one time. And then yes. said other obscenities. This guy said it like multiple times. He called him it multiple times and then combined two different terms to make it even more cringy. Yeah. Like, um, and yeah. this is a tank- problem of this movie. It is more so a problem of the decade. Yes. Like, I hate that shit. It's one of those, it doesn't tank the movie for me because I still adore this movie. And I, and yeah. I know, like, it, it, that didn't move the needle for you one way or the other. It was far no. from the worst thing in the movie for you, I'm sure. No. Um, but I really didn't yeah. like it though. But yeah, it, it, it definitely that got on my nerves. It's just like because I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot that that happened. And when it happened, I'm just like, ooh, no, why, why, why? Like, what the fuck does that accomplish as far as from a writing perspective? Why did you look at this? Did you look at this line of dialogue and say, yeah, it's a sick burn, bro? It's like, no, it's not. Like that's that's just it's childish. It's just childish. It that's my problem with it. And to me, like the rest of the movie 
is so there's not like a ton of dialogue especially after he gets to the house so it really doesn't matter that much but the rest of it is to me so confidently well well written at least in my opinion that when that scene happens it sticks out like a sore thumb the only other scene in the movie i can say is probably kind of a little bit on the cringy side is maybe when the when the the, the his his partner calls him motherfucker in the car just the delivery oh, the is dialogue rough. there just feels like it's just some fucking like cheese it's just like, tough guy tough guy movie. it's just like, tough guy like, i i it's my last job i'm getting out of the fucker now you think you got hot shit and it's like oh yeah. let's let's burn his hand it's like am i watching like an actual movie right now or like is this like a fucking cw tv show like yeah, most most of that I didn't mind, but the whole like, he I can't remember what the whole line was, but when he calls him motherfucker, I'm like, that just the delivery of that was rough. Even that I can say like that's not that bad. No, but when not. you get to when you get to this in the movie, it's just like it's just super childish in, in comparison to a lot of the rest of it. I mean, like they do a really good job of drawing good characters in this movie. Especially the main guy. They do a really I think good they job. Do a good job for most of the family. I don't think they do for like Jill. She's just a rebellious daughter. Yeah. And that's why, like, I really hate the fact that she dies so fast. I think if the movie was smart, they would do more with the fact that he, like, he does try to save the, the wife. And it's a really good scene. I like it a lot. He and tries I to save everybody. Fact, yeah, and I, I hate the fact that as soon as Jill comes in, as soon as the boyfriend dies, it, she gets chained up. And then almost immediately when he rescues her, she fucks up. It's like come on man like immediately like i want a little bit more time a little bit more interaction yeah i want to make it feel like it's more emotional to be fair i think that her in her first her first instinct is to grab a weapon and i can get behind that it just happens to be it's not a logic problem yeah no she like she's a dumb teenager let's call spade a spade she's a dumb teenager and she made a bad move which ended her life um Granted, it's a, like as far as all the traps are concerned, because I see a lot of people talk about the traps and say like a lot of them are just super duper ridiculous. That is the most ridiculous one by far. Not because her getting launched into a wall of of nails is the problem. It's just how oddly specific the trigger is. Yeah, it's like I get. I guess if you think about it, like it's a, it's a very visible weapon, and if someone is around the house and knows the collector's there and wants to defend themselves, they probably would grab the scissors because they might see it. But it, it just it just plays really weird. Just like, oh, specifically this pair of scissors, if you I, grab I this one. I think the problem stems from the fact that when you begin the movie and it's stuff like the, the line, which is super sharp that you can barely see, and as yeah. you see more and more traps, it's like they're way... They do look way too fucking obvious. It's like, look at this very sharp line that if the light hits it, you'll barely see it compared to just a floor full of fucking bear traps. It looks like you have two, like, guys setting up. It's like, what do you have? Well, I have this intricate design that, like, if only the clearest of eyes can see it under a crystal light, maybe it might pick up. What did you do? We put the bear trap here, so I put five, maybe seven? No, I don't know. Twenty-five. Like, like, it's like, there's two guys setting these traps up. (laughs) I, I get that, but also, like, at least from his perspective, like I can get why he missed all the obvious traps because they were all in rooms that he wasn't going through. Like even like the ones like the nail the nails on the on the stairs. Yeah. I got confused there for a second because I'm like, well, he just walked up and down the stairs. There's, yeah, there's two there's, stairs, there's, but it's there's two different stairways. Yeah. 
I, I for, at first I was just like, wait a second. That yeah, I was at that. first too, but then they addressed later in the fact there's another staircase. Like, okay. Yeah, they they establish geography yeah. as the film goes on, and once you another thing I, I like the angles too about them entering doors like parallel. It's so cool. I love, I love it. I love shot. the way that that's all shot. Um, because it really doesn't it, it, it shows you how close they are to each other because a lot of people they would just do like uh, cuts back and forth between them in places that the other person was just at but when you see them both on screen together at the same time it makes it way more tense and I think that's like my, my favorite part about the film is just how tense it is at least for me like from beginning from the beginning of the sequence where he is entering the house to the end of the film it is just relentless for me I just I, I just fucking love all that shit I also love, like like I said earlier, like the collector is the inverse of Arkin in visual silhouette and even just in morals because you know the whole situation with the collector, he's there as this completely apathetic, you know, sadistic madman who is just there to inflict pain on people. And the only like Arkin is there. The only thing Arkin's doing there, despite the fact that he is doing something that is wrong to another person, in the end, all he's trying to do is help people. Yeah. The entire way, no matter way, which way you cut it, he's trying to help people. So he's doing the exact opposite that the uh, the collectors. I mean, like the biggest thing that I like about the film is they never try to address the fact that he was trying to steal from them, because that would just plummet the fucking story immediately. It, well, it wouldn't make sense though in that situation. That's the thing though, but like you know, some folks you do shit like that. It's like, what are you even doing here? Oh, uh, like they don't bother. It's like I'm clearly going to die, sir. Get my gun. <laughs> like, yeah, like they're not thinking about that. Yeah, I'm just glad they don't bother to try to do that. Like, Madeline Zima's character says at first, like, what are you even doing here? It's like, just shut the fuck up. Like, I'm, I gotta get you out of this barbed wire. Like, yeah, like it, it, that's it, all the shit you need. Like, literally, it's not fucking important, is it? Yeah. Yeah, and she doesn't press him on it. She she asks him the question once. He says, hey, we just got to figure out how to get the fuck out of here. And she just shuts up about it after that. So it wouldn't make sense. If if the father stopped her and says, what are you doing in my house? He's going to be sitting there like, hey, it's someone who could possibly help me. Why does it matter? Like, I do like the first introduction is he's all beat to shit. And he goes, you, why are you doing this? And, and it's like, he's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on in here. I'm not doing shit to you. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he's not away. talking... He can't see Arkin at that point. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's saying that to the collector wherever oh, the collector Oh, wait. Is. No, he's looking at Arkin directly. He's looking at him, but he's got blood in his eyes. Oh, really? I thought he was saying to Arkin, like, why are you doing... Like, like, because he stops and he shakes his head and looks at him, I thought. No, he's, he's he has the blood in his eyes. He's, he can't see Arkin. Uh, because when he comes downstairs to, to get him, he doesn't acknowledge that he saw him. And he's, he's just like, oh, my God. Like, oh, my God, you're here. Help me. So I was like, why would he say, why are you doing this to him? And then say, help me. I, I He well, he well, doesn't. As soon, well, I thought it didn't matter because when he comes out, he's like, I'm not with that fucking guy. I don't know what the fuck's going on in here. So like, he wouldn't have to ask him anything because Arkin, when he comes down the second time, immediately says like, listen, I don't know what the fuck's going on in here. I'll get the fuck, I'll get you out of here. What, I, like, this is fucking wild. So it kind of like erases the fact of asking any questions because he's like, well, I have potato feet. So help me, sir. <laughs> You know, I I didn't register at least the way that it looked on screen to me was he didn't see Arkin. He had it looked like he had blood in his eyes, and he was saying it to the void. 
at least at least to me either way it even if he did or didn't the scene still fundamentally works both ways which is yeah. a testament to the way it's filmed i yeah. think that the film does a great job of setting things up having things very well paced and you grow to get attached to the story and characters it's just there's so much shit that like because of when it came out just takes me out of it i don't like the collector it's not a character i want to see return but i want to see fucking die so if it was a a finale where he fucking dies maybe it's not a a a sweet fairy tale ending but like i don't want to see him do this to more people really like i don't find that interesting but i would love to see this guy beat the fuck out i know there's a sequel and i know the lead is in that film there's so there's a there's a sequel and then there was supposed to be a third one which they started filming last year mm-hmm. it was supposed to come out this year so he's and... but you've seen the sequel yep okay so the lead he's, he's in it he's the main character so he's still the main character okay yep the whole that the whole is enticing in a way because i want to see him fucking murder this guy so the whole but if the there's going to be a third one then that kind of just makes me not want to see it I don't remember how the how the second one ended because I saw it when it came out and it was like 2012. Um, but uh, the whole idea of the, of the second film, it's it's, it's the, the alien collection, right? It's, yeah, it's the aliens to alien. Um, he basically someone's daughter gets kidnapped by the collector, as usual. Um, Arkin had escaped, and he knows about the collector's lair, so they hire him to lead a team in to get the daughter back. Really? That's the way the sequel picks up? It's aliens It's aliens to aliens. Oh, I kind of find that a little anticlimactic. And Arkin Arkin himself is, like, way more charismatic. Really? Yeah, like, he's, he's like, he's, like, he's, he, because he escaped, he's, like, I I can fucking take you, man. I I beat you once, I'll beat you again. Do you see him escape in the movie for the first time? I can't remember. I can't remember. Like, I that, haven't seen that's it. kind of the thing that I find anticlimactic because, like, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I wouldn't watch this movie again. But the idea of seeing him get out of that lair and then just fucking getting just desserts is fucking cool. So, like, yeah. maybe I'd watch the sequel if it sounds more beneficial to me. Yeah. But if I don't see him escape the lair, that kind of would suck. Yeah, I, I, I was going to double feature it last night so I could kind of talk about it today mm-hmm. but I just I, I couldn't I didn't have, I didn't have time but uh yeah I remember I just remember I, they might show it I can't remember though that's but an just, interesting idea I think I just know that they show up to me almost because I watched a video essay yesterday about the collector and collection um one of the things I didn't remember about the collection is apparently they do explain the collector okay so it does that thing that oh, slasher sequels probably just shouldn't do. Um, Unmystify the mystic. Yeah, and I and I know I, I know what they they tell, and I don't remember it being that interesting. But is um, it like a fucking Rob Zombie type thing. No, not that stupid. Okay. It he's he his dad was a taxidermist. Okay, so it's an Ed Gein type of thing. Yeah, kind of. I guess not not with a mother not with a mother issue, but yeah. Something like he he he's like well, we have a t- the the taxidermy collection, so I have my own collection. Essentially, there's trauma there and whatever. I can understand them feeling like they have to tell that story. It's just I don't find it very enticing. But basically, like the the uh, 
what's it called the uh, the layers like to me it at least because I haven't seen it since it came out from what the clips I saw it reminds me a lot more of Saw than this does mm-hmm. I can understand uh, that because it's like it's it's a fun house of just like and yeah. yeah also I forgot completely that like the, there's like a an opening sequence that is literally just feels like it's ripped out of Saw because just at a nightclub and the collector just triggers this fucking um giant like i don't know what it is like it's a culling machine or something it just it's it spins with blades and just kills everybody in this nightclub this sounds like it's like it's like they took hey first budget the first movie's budget three million dollars here's ten million dollars do whatever you want they just went crazy yeah because i looked at that the the budget was three million for the first one and they made ten million yeah. And they're like, hey, that's that's good fucking money. We'll give you a sequel. And the second one, I think, broke even. Uh, I don't even think it broke even. I think it was like they got $10 million and they made like $9 million or maybe $10 million. Yeah, so they, they bombed. Because yeah. you need to make double your production budget to yeah. break even. And they lost 10 They lost 11 yeah. So, yeah, it was rough. I'm surprised. that they Because they rolled cameras on, on The Collected is the third film. The Collected. Um... And Arkin's back, so that's cool. Um, that kind of makes uh, me not want to watch the second one, knowing that he's going to be back in the third one. He's like, but it doesn't matter because they they started filming the movie, and then COVID hit, and then it stopped filming, and then well, the producer. I, I just said, mean hey. from a sense where like, it makes me feel like I'm not going to like the ending of the second movie. Yeah, I can't remember how the second movie ends, but it does it does suck though because the collected they started filming it, COVID hit, they shut the production down. And then everyone started filming movies again, and they're like, "Hey, so uh, when are we gonna get back on set for the collected?" And the producers are just not returning their phone calls. Mm-hmm. So basically, they're killing the film by not even acknowledging the creators. That's just dirty. If you're gonna cancel the movie, just fucking tell them, "Hey, we're not making it anymore." Yeah, like that's just dirty. Well, so. especially because like the stars would need to know what they have to do or like work around it. You know, if they're it's busy like- or something. Yeah, you gotta think, like, these people... Yeah, the actors turned down... They had to have probably turned down roles to be in the movie. So you're basically telling them, hey, you you turned down these roles for nothing. That's really irritating. I hope that they reverse their call on that. Just finish the fucking movie. I mean, it's probably not gonna take that much money, too. I mean... I can't imagine it'll be I don't know how much money they make. I feel like if they released it only on Shutter, that would probably make decent money or something. I think Shutter... I think Shudder would probably happily pay pay for the rights for that movie. I don't know. I feel like I, when I looked up The Collector, it wasn't something that was easily showcased on the site. So it didn't seem like they were like, hey, check out this movie as a gem or something. And yeah, I just know... try to find it. I just know that in the horror community, this is like a, a little, like a cult, a really, like a, a really big cult film. A lot of people... Um, Say that of the two thousands, this the collector is the horror icon that the two thousands gave us, which I think is interesting considering it's a movie that wasn't super duper high profile. I don't know how you can get an icon out of that, yeah. but I mean, if that's the case, though, if we're considering this an icon, we haven't had one since Pennywise for twenty for for it. Yeah, but Pennywise is I consider him an icon. He's he's just as popular, if not more popular. And if you want to ask, I'm me. just. I'm just I'm just saying not, that not, like, not more popular than the collector. I mean like the original Pennywise. No, I know, but I'm just saying that as a created character, it's not like it's the first time that we've gotten that character. 
I'm talking about like like an original horror icon. This is an original horror icon. Like they've tried several times mm. and failed miserably. That's yeah, a like, good. It's uh, a good they, point. It's fun to think about. They tried to do something with that. Um, what's that movie called? Hellfest. Um, I hear a lot of thing about that Psycho Gore Man, but that's more of a comedy I hear. Yeah, that's on Shutter. I want to watch that. I do too. It looks fucking sick. It looks really funny. Um, the closest we've gotten recently to a horror icon is Art the Clown from Terrifier. I would say he's up there. As far I just as want like to see- with, like if you were to say the collector's one, I would say him too. I haven't yeah. watched the movie, but I know the image. But think about it. In 20 years, we have two. Yeah. What was the last horror icon we really got before that? It, Especially it in the slasher. Depends what you count, though, because like I know it, some people would count Lupita Nyong'o from Us. I I I wouldn't. But I mean, I guess I can see how people would do that. I'm just thinking in terms of something that has part that's really part of the Ooh, public. You know what? Actually, I got you beat, dude. The nun. She's. After Conjuring 2, man, she blew the fuck up. If you want to count inanimate objects, Even Annabelle. Annabelle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That universe, that fucking dog shit has spawned an entire offput of like, hey, this is the fucking, this is the demon spirit that's lodged inside a fucking evil space butt plug, and it's going to be coming out in 2022. It's called yeah. Bloodfugs from Beyond, and it's part of the Conjuring universe. I, yeah, I'm I just, saying it like I hate the Conjuring. I love the fucking two Conjuring films. It's just it being a universe is fucking stupid. Yeah, I mean the, the concept of that universe I find incredibly intriguing. Yeah, just because I, it's like it's super interesting because of it being based on real uh, events. It's, it, it's the house. It's the house of of Warrens and all going through all their fucking occult stuff. Like there's there's a shit ton of movies in just that room of the house. Um, yeah, that you could that's just so, that's a genius shot. People don't but, give one enough credit for being the genius of foreshadowing in that first film. Create he created at least it's the only horror cinematic universe right now. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it was intentional, but like he fucking did it. He's a I fucking mean, it's it's really genius. it's really the only one since what the Universal Monsters though. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna say that that Freddy versus Jason means Freddy and Jason exist in the same universe because I'm not gonna. Yeah, not Jason gonna... can't. It doesn't. Com- it doesn't compute the rest of the timelines. Yeah, so it, it doesn't work that way. It's just it's just a fun one-off movie. So yeah, it is. That Freddy though. Oh, aliens and Alien and Predator do exist in the same universe. Is that horror though? Is it is a series horror? I would say that Predator can border on horror. Uh, Alien is horror. The first alien. alien is horror. I just don't think that the series, the alien series in general, is, is sci-fi to me. Alien Three is horror to me, um, and Alien Covenant's horror. Okay. But Prometheus is straight sci-fi. Yeah, Prometheus is not horror. Say, Aliens is an action film. Yeah, and Alien Resurrection is a fucking shitty action film. Yeah, no, but it, it, even then, like the Nun is is kind of a a weird. What's the term? Like she's she's an icon for sure, but like she had such a short-lived existence. Like you still see people see people talk about the nun and all that stuff, but once her movie came out, she can't kind of just came and went. Of of like the horror of, of the Conjuring universe, the only Annabelle, 
Annabelle's the only one to get a franchise. I, I mean, think the, the nun, image the of the nun, nun is, is more popular, though. I also hear the nun is horrible, so yeah, it's probably a reason why I, do I don't want to watch it. I I just like Conjuring too. Yeah, I, I I feel I feel like the nun is I get I guess it's a horror icon, but if you really think about it, she is favored more as an image than as a character. I would argue that so are a lot of horror icons, though. Like, yeah, I think but, some icons are just—they look better than they really are. <laughs> yeah, but I'd still—I would still argue that, like, especially characters like Michael Myers, um, Jason, and Freddy, maybe more so. Yeah, no, like, like they have a certain personality to them. Yes, and there's a, the, the reason why the movies keep coming out is because people keep coming back to see them. Whereas, the Nun came out, and as soon as, soon as it came out and made its money it faded into obscurity like not obscurity obviously people still talk about the conjuring universe and the nun but it's something that even the studio itself it made good money had no interest in making another one of that's my thing though if it if they did make another one i think people would still see it maybe i mean i i I, I, I would say annabelle would have no fucking longevity to it It it's stupid but they made a second one and now they made another one and the second one was good so yeah see the, the, the coolest thing about icons is that you don't get to pick them. The society in general gets yeah. to pick them, no matter how good or bad they are. There are characters that are dog shit that people just latch onto, or there's characters that don't do a lot. Let's see, characters that are dog shit, but just people fucking latch onto. The nun, it's not a fucking character, it's just an entity. But people yeah. latch onto it from the image. There's characters that don't do a whole lot, but they're cool and they have a neat design. There's characters like Sam and Trick or Treat. He's an yeah. icon. He doesn't he doesn't do much in the movie at all. He's barely really there. He just links every segment together. But when you see him, he looks awesome. It's a great design. And then there's characters that look fucking awesome, but the movie's dog shit. Like the Jin from Wishmaster. He looks fucking amazing. The movie fucking sucks and no one cares about it, but it's like, hey dude, the Jin looks pretty fucking sick, right? I mean, don't watch the movie, but like, is that not some sick makeup? That's the coolest thing about icons, is that like you as you just don't get to pick it. There's different things that qualify it, but there's always something that keeps it coming back. Whether it's image, story, character, as long as there's some sort of interest. Ooh, now that I think about it, though, within the 2000s we had the collector, and then 2010s we got um, Art the Clown. Actually, because I don't even, I, I would make the argument that the collector is obscure enough that I can't call him an icon. I had never heard of him before, so. Yeah, so like, I, I love the collector. And I think he could be a really cool franchise character that would have an interesting, you know, you could make, you could create an interesting mythos behind that character that you could follow for multiple movies. But it wasn't a movie that was really in the public consciousness the way that they wanted it to be, um, the way that Saw was. Um, that's I mean that's a, that's a horror icon in the two thousands. Jigsaw, Jigsaw. It's either Jigsaw or the Creeper from Jeepers Creepers, which I still haven't seen. In I Hollywood would say ever. Sam is a pretty popular icon, but for very Sam different meaning. Sam is too, but the thing. Uh, and also, I, I say, if I said you you fucking smacked me in the face, say listen, bitch, horror icon two thousand fucking god puppet, don't hit me. Like I'm gonna say yeah. Jigsaw. Yeah, I would say that of the two thousands, the horror icon is Jigsaw. The problem with with Jigsaw though is it's like it's like Ghostface. It's like there's multiple Jigsaws, 
Like, who, who which, uh, it's obviously Tobin Bell's jigsaw. But it's it, the main jigsaw. It's the puppet anyways. The though. puppet it, itself, but. It's the puppet. But the puppet's voice, a lot of people, when they, when you say saw, think of the first thing that you think of when you think of saw, they say, you want to play a game. Yeah. And it's Tobin Isn't Bell's it voice. let's play a game? I can't remember, man. I haven't, I haven't seen saw in so long. I, I think it's, do you want to play a game or let's play a game? No, I think it's, do you want to play a game? But it's it's like the I think it's like one of the first things that's in the trailer for fuck's sake, but it, it is iconic at this point. For better or for worse, Saw is the two thousands iconic franchise that is not a remake. Well, I mean, you wouldn't have the collector without Saw. No, it wouldn't exist. I mean, again, it was created to be a prequel for Saw, and then they decided, no, this is cool enough on its own. Let's make our own movie with this. Would you consider the fucking thing from Hatchet as an icon? Oh, Victor Crowley? Yeah. He's got multiple films. He does. He has four movies. That's the thing. Like, if you say you have sequels, I feel like it's kind of hard to deny it being an icon. Like, yeah, the I mean, collector was going to get a third film, and it got a second one. Like, if you ask me, like, that falls into a somewhat icon status. I, I mean, I, I still have to question the motive behind making another movie, though. Like, I gotta ask, like, the collector didn't make a shit ton of money. It... Yeah. it, it it did fine, but and the collector bombed, and they still wanted to make a third movie. I, that's my my question is is what's the rationale behind that? I, but I would still say like yeah, he has a sequel. But like if you go up to, to a person on the street and say, do you know who the collector is? I think most people are going to say no. I I'll say this much. Regardless of if it's an icon or not, and I don't like the movie. There's a lot of shit that I think is dumb or it's very of its time, and that takes me out of it. We do need more icons, and I think it's a series that people can latch onto or can like. This does fall in the realm of horror that doesn't interest me. Just how it is. Like yeah. I, I will say verbatim when I texted you, I said, "I can't believe you made me watch this fucking movie." No, no you said I hate that you made me watch this. Oh, okay, I hate that you because I hate that you made me watch it. Like it was like we oh yeah it's for the thing. It's like you fucking I have to finish this because it's not for me. It's like it's not a bad movie. It's not like fucking poorly made. It's not some dog shit. It's not like I wasn't invested. It's not like I don't like the main character. I like all these things. But it's not for me. And that's all there is to it. But it's for somebody and people deserve more movies like this that they can feel like, okay, this is pretty sick. It's not fucking hurting anybody. As long as you keep out the homophobic slurs, keep it coming. Yeah. There there should be more like horror icons in the 2000s, in the 2010s, in 2020. We should have that shit, and that's really fucking cool. Just because it's not for me doesn't mean we don't need more of it. And that's the positive note I'm pretty much going to end this episode on. Like, We need more of this shit. <laughs> Whether or not I like it doesn't mean that we should stop having it. We need options. We need people to say that, like, hey, someone's going to like this. Someone's going to find this interesting. Someone's going to find this to be pretty fucking cool. Let's do this. It's fucking low budget. Why the fuck not? Do that shit. I agree. Um, I mean, I, you know, might as well just get into final thoughts. I, I love this movie. Um, I love most everything about it, aside from the things I went over, like the, the cat's death and, uh, you know, homophobic slurs that don't need to be in the movie. Um, I love the way it's paced. I love the way it's filmed. I love the way it's edited. I love the main guy. I love Josh Stewart. Josh Stewart is an underappreciated actor who shows up in a lot of stuff as a character actor. But as a lead, he's really good. Um, he's even actually the villain of uh, Punisher season two. He's really? pretty cool. Yeah, he's pretty good too. 
Look actually, at you, um, Assassin Preacher. This movie because of him because he's in Criminal Minds. Yeah, he's also he's also in. Um, I mean, he's he's in. Uh, I think more than one Christopher Nolan movie, but he's definitely in The Dark Knight Rises. Oh shit! He's one. Yeah, he's one of the one of the guys that works with Bane. But yeah, I I really freaking I I really just love this movie. Uh, I, I like this more this time than the last time I watched it. If I'm if I'm gonna if I'm gonna rate it, I've been I've been hovering back and forth, and I'm still kind of hovering back and forth. Um, at, at least out of five stars, I'm hovering between four and four point five. I gave it four point five on Letterboxd. That could change. Hey man, don't don't make me shit on your good time. No, I, I honestly before I even texted you last night, before we even talked about it, I was sitting there hovering between a four and four point five. I, I haven't decided yet what whether or not it lands that high. Because that's high. That's a high rating. That's Yeah, but if you had a high experience and you're having a good fucking time, it doesn't matter. No, of course. It's it's just like that's for me, like I like I don't I don't feel like I give that many to movies, especially in the two thousands. It just surprises me that I just enjoyed it that much. Because the last time I watched it, I, I gave it a firm four. You know, that's the funniest shit. Is because I'm adamant on saying I think nineties is the worst. I watched this movie yesterday. I literally looked at my girlfriend. I said, maybe Mike's right. Maybe two thousands is the worst. <laughs> yeah, this is this is my shining light of the two thousands, and this is your. Uh... Oh, this is not the worst thing ever in the 2000s. I just think it showcased a lot of tropes in the 2000s. I'm like, wow, I forgot how bad films can be in the 2000s because I haven't watched 2000s film in a long time. It's not like this is the shining pile of dog shit that made me realize everything in the 2000s is just complete ass. It's just like, oh, this is also in this movie, in this movie, in this movie, and oh my god, this fucking, this shit sucks. Why is it in so many films? Yeah. So... I still, your final might, thoughts? still might stick with the 90s being the worst, but now it's more of a debate. I have things to fucking scream over. Yeah. What are your final thoughts? I don't like it. <laughs> I I don't... It's not something I can really find interesting. I don't really want to watch it again. I really love the main lead. He's very likable. He gives a fantastic performance. I love the daughter character. I like the brief interactions of the family. I, I like the the small setting. I think that's cool. I like some of the some of the traps, the less elaborate ones, the more like boom, that's there. It just you walked into it, you didn't see it coming. Like the cut on the face, the hook through the eye, shit like that. I, I thought that shit's really cool. But then you get to the more like overblown fucking seventeen fucking bear traps and plastered on a wall with a lot of those things aren't for me. It's not bad, but it's not for me. And I will say, I, I did, I did the Scooby Doo thing, and I did figure out the killer. As oh yeah, it's, it's, as it's it was obvious. going on, it literally just Scooby Doo. I'm like, it's the fucking extinguisher guy, right? And it's like they don't show his face, but it's like, oh, it's a dude who runs the extinguisher. I said, I Scooby Doo did it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if I had to give it a rating. It's a competent, really well-crafted film. And takes away a lot from me. I don't like it. It's too overblown. A lot of the stuff that's going on in the film feels very subtle and it feels grounded. Even when if it's hyper-realistic, it still feels like it's taking itself seriously. That end is so not serious to me and I feel like it just kind of plummets. But 
I'll give it a 5 out of 10. That's where I thought you were going to land. Yeah, I, I dig I dig the downer ending. I love it. It's not about <laughs> it being a downer, though. It's no, just I like, know. Like, I you know. think you fucking rode him with a SWAT truck, and it's his fucking extinguisher van. I'm like, okay. Okay, fucking mistletoe body. Like, I don't know how the fuck you pulled that thing into, into gear and then just decided to crash into that. I think you would die more likely than the fucking paramedic in the back of the ambulance, but okay. That's it. That's it. He's a real boy. Fuck him. <laughs> Gimpy long stockings. Sorry to be such a piece of shit in this episode. <laughs> but I hope you check it out and form your own opinion. Like I said, this isn't for me, but it could be for you. And that's pretty cool. There should be more icons and more people to look around and find different things. Like, hey, I didn't know, but I love Candy Manor. I love the djinn from Wishmaster and all that crazy shit. Try to find characters that aren't as over the top as Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees and feel like, hey, I found my own little niche thing that I like. And maybe the collector is that one for you. And if it is, that's really awesome. It is for me. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I hope you find your own fucking body count to start up. And I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.